Rest is not a sign of laziness. Rest is a sign of rejuvenation. And in order to be on a battlefield and set in the fight, at the end of the round, you go sit in the ring. You go sit down. At the end of the round, you go sit in the corner for a minute or two, you catch your breath, and then you get some coaching and you go back in, right? And I think sometimes we operate in life like we're in the fight, but we never take a break. We never get no coaching. We never take time to like take a moment to get perspective. We're just kind of like, I'm going to just go 12 rounds right to go back to back, no break. And I think we sometimes may think that that's the way that we should do it. And, and I don't know that that's always the best way, you know? Well, we're here at the library, the New York Public Library. This is the, I guess, the big branch and then the smaller branch across the street. My name is Ashanti and welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast, where men get real. Men of all ages and backgrounds come to this space to talk about the masks that we feel sometimes forced to wear. The front of the mask are the things that we gladly let the world see and the back of the mask are the things that we don't usually talk much about. Actually, let me give you a little update because you probably can hear a lot of the background noise. I'm on location today here from New York City. You can see I'm here in front of the New York Public Library. Uh, we had a busy week of mask making around the East Coast, starting off in North Carolina and now here in New York, getting ready for a launch of a, of a mentor's book. Today's guest is Jamaria Hall. He's a social entrepreneur, philanthropist, an advocate, and an activist for equitable education. Hall led a group of students in 2016 to sue the city of Detroit for unfair educational practices and to make sure that under the Constitution that students got access to their rights regardless of their zip code. They won that case. His age is young, but his, his wisdom is large and the things that he's been through fighting for the lives of others. He has a motto that he lives by that says, until if one of us is not free, then all of us is not free. And he is working tirelessly for those who don't have access. Um, and I'm really proud of the work that he's doing. I got to have this amazing conversation with him. Um, we got to meet two times. You'll hear us talk about where we met in the show. But today I just wanted to just be here on location because I'm not in the home studio just to make sure that this intro, um, that you hear the words of a young man who is trying to make the world a better place. I think our young people know that they can't wait for the older people to make it happen because we're not doing it fast enough. That they are coming to the battle of saying, we are gonna put our energy, time, talent forward to make this world a better place. So look forward to you hearing this episode with Jamaria Hall. I look forward to um, the updates that you get to hear about the Million Mask Movement and how this work is taking us in lots of places around the world. So thank you for being a part of this journey with us. If you haven't yet made your mask, you can do that at millionmasks.org. Um, you probably hear I picked a busy time. It's like almost rush hour time. There's buses and taxis all over the place here um, in New York City, but we're about to get it going and um, we will see you soon on the next episode. Uh, please, if you haven't already made a mask, you can do that at millionmask.org. We invite you to get involved right now. As we move toward the end of this year and really kick off our Global Leaders Program in the beginning of January, we ask you to be a part of it as we move into the next chapter of this work. We'll see you soon, folks. Take care and thanks for being a part of the journey with us. Bye now. 
truly, truly honored to be here. Uh, definitely glad to be a part of the podcast. Definitely a part of this powerful, powerful movement. Uh, not just happening with males, but just around. Understanding that this is a very, very important conversations to be at on a normal basis. Oh man! Well, I, I'm excited. We, you know, we've already been kind of we had a little chat before we started, but I am super excited to learn more about you and to do, um, have this mask experience with you. Would you tell folks what you want them to know about you? What would be important for them to know as we jump into these conversations? First off, uh, again, I would like to thank you so much for letting me be on the podcast and uh, just taking off the mask. Definitely glad to be a part of it. But I am Jamari Hall from Detroit, Michigan. A lot of people call us all time, uh, older city. And we have other nicknames such as uh, the murder cop, uh, other different things that so we're famous for notorious amount of things. But I'm a 23 year old young man at the age of 16 when I was a junior in high school. I filed a loss based on the 14th Amendment saying that we have a constitutional right to literacy. Uh, which I filed against the state of Michigan, which we actually successfully won, uh, which resulted in a $94 million settlement for the city of Detroit and the uh, district of Detroit Public Schools. So now I filed an uh, organization, the Gary B. Fund, uh, furthering that mission. And, uh, just a young youth advocate, making sure that we have a space and uh, equitable education. That is amazing. Now you okay? So we, we okay? We're gonna jump into all of that because I, I I heard it. I, I want I heard you. The settlement was won for the city of Detroit, right? Yes, sir. And so that hopefully meant that the the schools found some way of using those those resources to make things better. Uh, as you often know, it's a fight after the fight. So uh, most of the times we're just trying to get in the ring. So having access to how those funds are spent, uh, you know, most of the time, the people that are uh, defendants are often in charge of the solutions. So uh, that's another aspect. As you said, we can get into it a little bit later. OK. All right. Well, I, I believe in the fight after the fight. I know that how that goes. And so we get a chance, you and I, to make these masks. You and I got to meet at the we met twice. I think we met in person twice. Um, some people on the show I've never met in person, but you know I have got to meet twice. I think the first time was in D.C. at the Well, amazing event. Yeah, uh, that was put on by New Profit, and then you and I just recently I got, I got to meet another New Profit event, which was the 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 Oakland the convening for the the EERI cohort. Um, that's the Equitable Education Recovery Initiative. Man, well, I can't think of the I. Was it? Um, yeah, and so we got to see each other there. You were one of the keynote speakers there. So I was so, I was like, I'd recognize him from somewhere. And then I remembered that I had got to see you at the well. So I am excited. And, and, and at the well, you were one of the youth. Well, what's your role? What was your role at the well? Uh, emerging leaders. I was part of the emerging leaders cohort. Yeah, the emerging leaders, brother. Well, I listen, I, I want to just say I'm really glad to have you here. And I, I, I know that as you are doing amazing things in the world and you are do amazing things here in this country to make the world better for youth like yourself, but even those younger than you, um, I, I appreciate you. So let's jump in. Let's jump in. Now, as a guest, you get to decide who goes first. So either you're going to share your mask first or I'm going to share mine first. It's your choice. You get to choose. I'll go first. Okay. I'll go okay. First. I, I know probably I'm going to say it all air. I know probably I said I wanted you to go first. But uh, I'll go first. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> hey, I told you, whatever happens is, is meant to happen, and, I, and I'm ready for it. So, all right. 
fantastic. All right, so uh, here's my. Let me see if I can zoom it in a little bit. It says happy, smart, unbothered. I think I chose first. I start off with happy. Uh, I think I try to keep a happy demeanor because I know and I feel that it's a lot of dial energy within. So I know how powerful happy energy can be, even for myself, but not only for myself, but for the atmospheres in our inner. So understanding that positive energy can not only change your day, but it can also change somebody else's. So just understanding that sometimes once we enter rooms, we can either attract or uh, kind of uh, adjust to the energy that's within, or we can bring in and change the energy. And that could be for good or bad. So understanding that uh, I want to try to at least bring in that positive energy in this meeting spaces because I know it's lacking uh, very, very much. And then I'll go smart. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, I always joke around. I watched uh, Benjamin Buttons when I was very, very young. And uh, the curious case of Benjamin Button. So I used to always joke like, and that is me. Like I am one of those people. Like I always feel so old. I always have like such this old spirit. And it's like this kind of this wise demeanor almost type thing. So it's kind of like, okay, let me kind of be that person. Uh, even when I'm in a group of my friends or something like that, I always want to try to bring a different perspective to the conversation just because I know we are so, so smart. And a lot of times, a lot of people are smarter then they kind of really realize because of some the spaces how we utilize in our conversations. So just like you said, having conversations about low level topics, sometimes that makes our mind and our vibrational levels become low level. So now we all be thinking on low levels. So there's rising the level most of the times, like trying to think on the highest level, even though I know the highest level is really a low level also, but it's trying to raise that in some sort. And then unbothered, uh, you know, it's always so much. It's always something that's going on. It's always, uh, especially with the social media age, like we're uh, going through a new crisis. It's a new issue. It's a new topic. Uh, seems like not only every day, but every hour. If you really wanted to, you could find a different topic, a different issue to kind of be reactionary to. So a lot of us are kind of getting caught up in that uh, propaganda kind of aspect of it. So a lot of times I try to just stay very, very not react, trying to just control what I can control, which I understand that it's me starting off with me and I environment and my atmosphere and then things I have access to really kind of change. Uh, not saying that I don't want to change other things or I'm not kind of paying attention. I don't read or engage in social media, but oftentimes I don't take it to heart or I take it with a grain of salt, understanding that this is uh, most of the time an issue that they want us to worry about, understanding that it's a lot more other things going on. Mm, yeah, man. You know, um, one thing you said, um, for thank first of all, thank you. Thank you for sharing your mask, um, the front of the mask. Um, one thing you said about the happy part, I really appreciated it when you said, I try and uh, come into a space, I try and this is the way I heard it. I, I wanna I wanna help lift the energy. I wanna help bring the positivity because if you're not careful, you can take on other energy. But if I come in with a positive, I think I've heard um I heard someone say it like, um, it's better to be a thermostat than a thermometer, right? Like a, like a thermostat will come in and set the temperature. And if you come in as a thermometer, you come in and you're just like following along with whatever it is, right? And I think it's important to have a, a consciousness of both. But I think, what what do you do when you come into the room? What are you, what are you bringing into the room? 
you know, and I think that, that I appreciate your your words around that. Yeah. You know, um, I guess I'll go. I'll go next. Thank you. Yes, sir. Um, okay. Now, I don't know why I didn't put any eyes on this mask here. I, 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 drew, a, I, drew, a, I drew a structure of something, and I, I don't know why I couldn't. I didn't, I, I couldn't decide what I wanted the eyes to look like. <laughs> no idea what I drew today, but that's what I drew. That's the mask I drew. I'm not sure what it was about, but that's the picture. And the words I wrote were serious, passionate, and caring. And I, and I would think the, the one I want to focus on, right? And I think is probably caring and probably serious. And I think, so right now there's a young person in my work um who's going through it right now. Um him and his mom are battling. Um he ran away last week. And I've been like really like figuring out like how to support in the 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 right amount of support way, right? Like I'm a helper at heart. Like I want to help people, I want to support people and trying to find the right level of help as needed in the moment, right? Um, and I think, you know, when young when people are going through it, especially when they're battling with, and then within their families, you know, like those emotions run high and, you know, the adults are, emotions are running high because I'm the adult. They should listen to what I say. How dare they? And the young people is like, hey, I'm not a little kid no more, but I'm also, you know, and all these emotions are battling, right? And you're trying to like figure out how do you come in and be supportive. And I, so I think, as I think about like what's happening, like really present today in my life, like trying to be really caring and care about a lot of people and also trying to like be really mindful of, okay, Shanti, you got to put, you got you to charge your own battery first. You got to put your own mask on. You got to put your own, you know, oxygen mask on first. All these analogies and metaphors for taking care of self first. And I'm, I'm, I'm well known for being on E, like on E of energy. But my phone is plugged in over there charging very nicely. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I take much better care of my phone than I do of my own self. You know what I'm saying? My phone don't get past. If it gets into 20%, if I see the red thing, it's alert. It's like I hear I hear sirens in my brain, like, don't let the phone die, right? <laughs> but I could be like, I could be like on the, I could be like barely trudging through, and I'm like, I'm gonna get through this. I'm gonna get through this, and it's like I'm almost a a wild thing, right? That I take better care of a a little device in my pocket than I do of my own self sometimes, and so it's um it's really trying to make a, a make room for being caring in so many ways that I'm caring and taking my own health serious and my own my own well being serious. Um, and so those are the things that I'm I'm thinking about today. You really touched on something. Uh... It's an artist of mine that's a, uh, he's a friend of mine. He had one lyric, uh, that was very, very, he said, uh, you out here trying to save the world, but you forgot to save yourself. And, uh, once I heard that, I'm like, man, you speaking. Like, it was to a point to where I was just playing it over and over because it was like, it was at a point in time to where I was really in that phase of like, Okay, I'm trying to take everything head on, whatever changes I'm hearing about, whatever is going on. I want to kind of get to the root. I want to kind of take down whatever systems that be 
Uh, they're oppressing us. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? But it's like, slow down. Save yourself first. Like, you got to make sure that you are good before you go save everyone. So right now I have a strategic schedule to where I'm only going to work during these months. In these months, I'm actually not going to be as active. Not saying that I won't do any work, but I'm making sure that this is me time. This is family time. Man. I'm glad you I'm glad you learned that at this that you're your age now so that you don't have to be be my age with a gray beard and still trying to figure out, am I going to take some time to rest? Am I going to be embarrassed that I'm taking a a, a picture on this uh, vacation? Because it's like, who are you to be having a vacation? Who are, like, that's a it's the most ridiculous thing that happens. Right. And I think not not just and not just me. I know that I've talked to people in my life who, you know. They're always posting amazing things that they're doing in their work. And then I'll, you know, we'll talk and be like, oh, yeah, I just got back from this trip. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were. He said, yeah, I don't, I don't post no pictures of, of, of trips. I'm like, and I had to ask the question, why? Like, why not? Like, cause I know I don't really, <laughs> I don't really. It's like, well, you know, it's that, it's that feeling of like, if you're an activist, you're supposed to always be activating. You're supposed to be always activisting, right? And how dare you rest? I think that's what, um, Trish uh, Hershey, I want to say the the nap ministry talks about right. Like rest is a part of this work. Like you must put rest as a part of the agenda, because if you don't, you will burn through. I think Audrey Lord says, you know, it's like I don't remember the quote exactly, but it's like if you don't tell people about not only your struggles about what you've been through, they will. I don't know. I'm butchering it right now, but it, but, the, but the context of it is if you're not clear that. The rest is a part of this work that you must also like tell people when you're going through struggles, you'll be a, you'll be a martyr. You'll die. And they will, and they will say that you wanted it, that you like you enjoyed it, that you, that you deserved it. Right. And I think those ways of us being mindful of like, okay, rest is not a sign of laziness. Rest is a sign of rejuvenation. And in order to be on a battlefield and set in the fight, there's, there's, you got to take a, a there's a there's a end, at the end of the round you go sit in the ring, you go sit down. Yep. At the end of the round you go sit in the corner for a couple for a minute or two. You catch your breath and then you get some coaching and you go back in right. And I think sometimes we operate in life like like we're in the fight, but we never take a break. We never we never get no coaching. We never take time to have somebody from a new perspective help see, show us that oh. Oh, you, hey, you missed this thing right here. There, he's doing this to you. This is what's happening. Like, take a moment to get perspective. We're just kind of like, I'm going to just go 12 rounds right to go back to back, no break. And I think we sometimes may think that that's the way that we should do it. And, and I don't know that that's always the, the best way, you know? Definitely, definitely fully understand that aspect. I mean, I feel like sometimes, uh, almost like little kid, you know, when uh, you're a little kid, you don't want to go to sleep because you feel like you want to miss something. I think sometimes that's how we are. We're on the, like a level like, okay, I want to make this change. Change has to happen now. So again, once we're so reactionary, it seems like it's always so much, so much work that needs to get done right now. Once we know it is, it's a lot of important issues. There are so many issues, but is a couple of days going to change now then? I mean, it may in some aspect, but you getting that energy to go at it a little bit harder other than just at 50%. Now you're at 20%. Now you're going, you are at a deficit. You're borrowing from other people. Now you're, oh, no, let me get some of your energy. So I think, uh, 
sometimes we get into a space to where we feel like we're missing out on something. We're missing out on opportunities. We're missing out on uh, just the atmosphere of it. And uh, we forget about that relaxation piece. Mm, man. Well, man, let's jump. Let's jump to the back. Let's jump to the back. You're, you're going first. So you ready to jump into the back of the mask? Yeah, I got you. Uh, on okay. The back. All right. Here we go. We're jumping into round two. This is round two. Okay. Loss, anxiety, and work. And I ain't draw on the front of their back because when I say my drawing is terrible, like my art is terrible. <laughs> so I keep, so I just at least wanted to try to get the words. I'm going to try to paint a picture at least with the, uh, my responses to the words. Uh, okay. Okay. So I will go with loss because not necessarily lost and don't know necessarily where I am, but sometimes not knowing where we're going as a whole. And sometimes that can be as a small collective as my family. That can be as a neighborhood or a community. That can be sometimes as a, a state or a city or something like that. So looking at different aspects of how things are happening in small pockets and then understanding kind of and being in the midst of civilization, which is the masses, and understanding the conversations that we had and how oblivious to some ideas and some aspects that we are. So it's like uh, not really lost as an individual, but kind of lost as like a human race aspect. So I know I'm a part of that race. So it's like if one of us isn't free, all of us aren't free. So kind of in that mindset of that lost aspect, so how can we kind of really truly be liberated and kind of foul? And that foul comes when we find ourselves. And I think conversations like that, like this, help us get to that point. Because now we can kind of take off the minds and now we can get to kind of some of those code root, core roots and kind of build consensus of what we're all kind of dealing with. Especially with this backside, I think the backside is actually the most important side of it, which I, uh, I know you also know. But I think that lost aspect, that's kind of what I get. Then the anxiety, uh, I think that also plays a part from the lost aspect of just kind of not knowing. I think sometimes I feel like I can get to the root of a lot of things of just kind of deep diving and just taking a deep dive. I may not come out to whatever perspective that has been given, but I can kind of put myself in that position to kind of come up with a solution or kind of play almost images within my head to kind of feel like, okay, what would I do from the information that I know from these different characters and these different perspectives? And now I'm trying to play the situation out all different perspectives. And I think about uh, the future. I try to play it out in so many different perspectives and it almost gets scary once you try to try to factor in something. So just getting anxiety around trying to uh, be a part of that change. But uh, it's definitely eased out a lot because I understand that first off, I'm not, it's not one source, not one person. It's one area, it's not one thing. But understanding that all things add up to that moment. So also understanding how it's just like it's a counter effect. It's also a, a approach to that. So understanding that all these small things will lead up to what we can really get to. And then the last one, the worry, uh, I think they all kind of play into the same aspect of just kind of being worried about the future, being worried about my peers within this space, uh, understanding that youth are one third of the population. So then hearing and being in a room where people are constructing the future for them and seeing what this future is being constructed like 
without them not even not only not being at the table, but being excluded and really oppressed within this operation and thinking about the advancement. So I think all of them kind of just play into a part of that future aspect. Thank you. Mm, thank you. I, I resonate and I resonate with that a lot. And uh, I, I'll share my back and then maybe it, w- it, will, it will make more sense. So. <sighs> yeah, there we go. So here's what I wrote on the back. I wrote uh, my brother, a lot going on with him right now, fear. And right here at the bottom, I, I was going to, I wrote self doubt first. And then I was like, yeah, this is not, that's not the one that's most prevalent today. I wrote worry. I wrote worry as like the one that's like really like present right this moment, right in this moment. And the worry is about my brother. So my brother, um, uh, he's living at a, um, a assistant living center, like a, a boarding care facility. Um, that's where he has been. And, uh, yeah, apparently the other day they discharged him, you know, um, my brother has a, he has a, he has schizophrenia. He has mental health, um, it, um, disability, you know? And, um, yeah. So right now he, I got a call from a care center that they were, they had got in touch with him and just so much stuff is happening. So by my, in the back of my mind, while I'm, you know, I work every day and trying to, you know, help youth around the world and trying to build this global movement to help people realize they're not alone as I'm constantly trying to like serve the people in my community. And then the back, right, right here, like right here behind, behind the smile, behind the, the focused, you know, gaze is this worry, like where what's happening with him, you know? And so, you know, I, I started, I grew up early, you know, I was helped raise my siblings and did a lot of, nurturing to grow, help them, you know, while we were all growing up, but I was the oldest and I had a lot of responsibility to help them. And I feel so deeply affected by it, you know? So there's a lot of worry in there, a lot of worry. So right now, basically if they discharge a person who is schizophrenia and that's their place to live, they basically have let this person be homeless, right? They basically said, okay, Go out and figure it out yourself. And um, and it just seems like so inhumane. And knowing that he's an adult too, right? So he has a part to play in it too. But, oh, man. So anyway, that's what's happening in the behind the scenes, uh, you know, in the, in the moments when I let myself just kind of like get out of the computer and off the phone and off the, off the, you know, off the work. I'm like wondering where he's at and how he's doing. So, and the fear, you know, like I, um, you watch movies all the time and you see thing on news all the time. They, some, somebody's family member was found or walking on the freeway or just like, just all kinds of stuff happening in our community. And I just, uh, I have this, just, you know, this lingering fear and I, and I try to like be thinking positive. I want to like, I want to see the, the light at the end of this tunnel. I want, I want him to find his, his sobriety and his, and I also know I can't do it for him. I'm smart enough to know I can't do it for him. And I also know that it's his story. And so I'm a part of the story, but I'm I'm a recipient of whatever he decisions he makes, right? I'm a I'm a watcher from the sidelines, you know? Like and so those are things that are really present right now, I think, um, that I stand in. And so 
that's the right now present behind the mask that that I'm carrying, you know, just a, lot, a heavy load for my brother. And for that young man I told you about also that, you know, who's, you know, 17, trying to figure it out. You know, he's, he's, he's a, he's a good, he's an amazing young man. And I, I really hope that this, this little temporary situation with his, his family doesn't derail him, you know, from not only taking care of his finishing and graduating. So, you know, those are the things as a mentor, as a, as a, as a person who grew up as a person who cares and nurtures, you know, it's like, okay, get back to work, Ashanti, we get back to work. We have time to be ruminating over those things, right? I need to be back focused. I got a grant to do, I got this to do. Um, and so, but when I get a chance in these conversations, that's, I get to like, just take a moment and just say, yeah, those are things that are happening behind the scenes. So that's the back of my mask today. I mean, I truly appreciate you sharing that. I think uh, it's not even just your brother's story, and it's not just the young man's. I think uh, it's a bigger part to play that's outside of us because we know uh, we aren't dealing with broken systems. We're dealing with working systems. So we know, uh, even in certain instances, how it's easier to get or go down the path of doom or oppression than it is to truly get help. And to get out of that situation. So I think it's so many of us that are dealing with uh, similar situations. I know even myself, I can uh, relate to both and understanding and having relationships and then how common it has become and how much it is happening on the normal to where a lot of us have that family member or have that uh, close inner family member that's going through the same thing or maybe a best friend that's kind of going through it that we're trying to help pull out when it's a larger issue on a larger scale of that. It's not truly being addressed. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I want to know, I guess I would be curious, um, As first of all, thank you for being a part of this process, right? Thank you for being a part of this process. And what, what do you believe, you know, as a young person who is advocating for young people and you're advocating for communities, what are you hearing from young people? I mean, definitely young men, I'll say the start there, maybe just because that's context of this show, but what are you hearing from them about what they need, what they want? Like what what are they missing that would that gets in the way of them feeling like they can thrive, right? And not just merely survive. I would say that the key aspect is opportunity. Mm. Uh a lot of you because it's first off so many. So then when we think about even the aspects of as we were talking about earlier, uh, kind of shifting the mindset. So yeah. when we think about us telling young men to go get a job, so when we're raising our children, we're telling our children to go get careers to where we're trying to make everyone come to what the resources is. Because there is a lot and the surplus of resources out there that's specifically for them. Mm. But how is it being presented? And who do they truly want to be a part of this a lot of people and a lot of programs are now cherry picking their candidate so i think the aspect of being lost out being unheard and i think now it's not even more so that or it being actually said but you can see it when the pain is shown in multiple different ways when you see uprisings or revolutionary uh brawls and fights when you see this pandemic or uh opioids 
and, uh, of this self-medication that's going on at one of the largest, fastest rates because they feel like that there's no way out. So I kind of don't want to be in this reality space to where they feel like uh, most youth say the government. They don't say our government. Or they say the schools. They don't say our school. Or they say the house. They say the because they don't feel no connection or no uh, a lot of the autonomy from young people are be, it's being taken. So now even the mm. imagination is being suppressed. So now the access is also being suppressed. So when we see in this evolution, we're seeing this growth. A lot of times youth are doing it without help and despite the system and despite the programs that be because they had to do it on their own. So now when we see this aspect of you uh, not truly uh, respecting or knowing how to respect the elders, it comes from a place of almost resentment because the elders didn't show any support when they were looking for it in the aspect. Or maybe that support was given out of a place that may have been pure, but oftentimes times have changed. So you're trying to re-implement something that may be out there. So now they feel like they don't have the connection to the other groups. So I feel like that just the opportunity aspect to just be seen and to be important within not only process, but just in life in general. Because, uh, again, you know, as I stated uh, at the speech, we often think about the land as an inheritance from our elders, our ancestors, which it definitely is, but also understanding that we are borrowing from the youth and the unborn because we have to leave it to them. So, um, especially in this education room, I think that's the biggest thing. That's really powerful. I really, to speak, to be seen and to be supported. I and mean, I think there was the, you gave, you said another one that I don't remember. I'll try to write down, but I, like, how did, what, what was that for you? Because you have decided that you're taking on this mantle of going after and fighting for others. Where where were you? Where did you feel the most seen and the most heard and the most understood that gave you the courage, the, the wisdom, the, the desire to fight for others? Right. I think it was something that first off was installed in Sydney at a young age by my mother. She always taught me to have my own mindset and that I was capable and that I was smart. So uh, even though at that time she didn't even have a high school diploma, I still believed in her because how much she believed within me. So just, uh, I think the other aspect would be basketball. Uh, I played sports all throughout my life, but I started playing basketball when I was two years old. So it was something that was kind of not only a safe haven or a place for me to kind of get out of reality, but it was also a place for me to connect with others. And then since I had uh, kind of good, uh, I won't brag <laughs> that on, but it was kind of good. So a lot of people uh, kind of clinged on to that. So even in certain environments within the neighborhood, uh, you know, the aspect within the inner city to where uh, the gangbangers or the, uh, the violent people within the community would kind of gather around certain people that they thought would have some type of hope to get out of the community. Like, we making sure that you're not a part of these different aspects. We making sure that nothing's going on, that you're not a part of this, that you're not doing this, that you're not doing that. Because you got a future. You're the key for all of us. So that was something that I really kind of carried on my shoulders as a young man. Because it was like, okay, I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for my mom. I'm doing it for my sister. I'm doing it for my community. And then that basketball aspect of just 
actually getting some type of success within it. So it's like, okay. And even the way I think how I played the game, how I thought about the game, it was very unique. Like I came with a team first approach, which I knew I could score very, very easy. <laughs> but it was like I always wanted to play with my team because I understood if I played and I gave them the ball and they scored, they also want to play better on defense. So I knew uh, I grew up with the defense wins championship. So I'm like, okay, if I'm the point guard, how can I lead my team to be the best productive but upset? Even if I have to put myself on the back burner. And I think that kind of grew into that passion. And even the warrior from the lawsuit actually uh, came to our game in our basketball team is how we actually met. So it was kind of like go off from one journey to another, kind of like passing the torch. Little did I know at that moment. That's great. You said that was one of your mentors? No, it was kind of like uh, me passing the torch from one career to another. Like I always thought uh, I was going to be a okay. basketball player, but now I'm in this realm of activism and kind of doing it. Uh, Got it. So, so then that there was so something something within you was like it's it's time. It's like the something like the chrysalis, right? The 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 the, the caterpillar, right? It it goes from this form where it transforms, right? And and that transform, who knows what's happening in behind the the scenes of that cocoon? But there's sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it's not. It doesn't make any sense, right? It's like how did you go from this to that, right? And I think that sometimes. It could be easily on the outside. People could totally miss the the work that went into it, you know? Yeah. 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 Man, listen, you know, I, I want to, here, here's a couple of things are in my mind right now. A couple of things are in my mind. I think you and I have talked about what it would look like to support the young people in your community where you are. And I think I hope that this movement can support. And I know that, um, we have our, we have this training coming up um, in December. I'll talk to you more offline about it, but um, I really want, I'll give you more details about it, but I, you know, whatever this next chapter is, I don't know when your season of rest is and when your season of work is, but let's, let's make sure we get in touch offline. And I want to figure out how our work ever forward can support you in this chapter of, you know, wherever the pivots are coming. Cause you know, imagine having me, I may have many pivots along the journey of, inflection points of where I'm heading next and what am I doing next. And so if our work can serve in that way, if something that we're doing can add value to your next chapter, please let us know. Please let me know. I I I would love to support you. Likewise, likewise. We definitely are going to connect afterwards to see what we kind of put together. But it's for the most part for the, uh, for the community, for the youth, and not just only in my local community, but the young community, we got to uh, reassess this gap and start these as regular conversations. So seeing how we can create a platform and kind of really bring this to light. And because uh, this plays a part into it. This is a part of literacy. This is part of education, the comprehension of ourselves and knowledge itself. I think that's one of the most one of the most important aspects of it. I think a lot of times we uh, try to read the world, but we forget to read ourselves. So we ask mm. so many questions about everything else and everything and how we're a part of the world. We have to find out how we're part of it. So uh, just turning that aspect and turning that pace, but definitely figuring out uh, how we can collaborate on other aspects. So again, I'm just honored to be a part of the podcast to be able to take off the mask and for you to be uh, to share with me and to be a part also of my journey. This is definitely one of the first conversations I had like this, especially on the podcast platform, but just kind of sharing and taking off the mask. So it's definitely, it's a great experience. 
I know I had a great conversation, a great time. It's always great chatting with you, Mr. Grant. So, uh, again, I just want to truly, truly thank you. Jamarie, I am thankful for you, brother. So is there any, if I don't know how, uh, what organizations you were with, but is there any, anything that you want to tell the folks of where they can follow you, find you or support something that you're working on right now? Just let them know. And then I will put all this in the show notes, let folks know if that's of interest to you to, um, how people can support the work you're doing. Yes, sir. Uh, all my social media hashtags uh, are Jamarie All. That's J A M A R R I A All H A L L. And please be on the lookout. I am starting the Gary B Institute to where I'll be uh, not only creating but uh, implementing uh, different pedagogies and platforms that uh, hopefully a couple of curriculum criteria can come out of this. Uh, really, kind of moving forward the process of the lawsuit. So. Uh, Definitely please be on the lookout for that, which is definitely going to be coming so near you. We'll put all that in the show notes. We'll make sure, folks, we'll put the links to any of that information in there, folks. Uh, Jamarie, brother, thank you for being a part of the Taking Off the Mask podcast. I'm so thankful, and I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. Those search in the back, they look amazing, man. I think I might need to give me one of them. them on the we, website we, or something. You, 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 you just tell me. Wait, we, once we hang up here, you're going to tell me your size, and I'm going to just get one in the mail to you. So. Um, Folks, look, Jamar A and I, we share our masks here publicly, but you can do yours anonymously at millionmask.org. That's millionmask.org. And we invite you to be a part of this movement with us. Tell any young person you know who could be inspired by these words to check out this episode. And we'll see you soon, folks. Take care. Jamar A, man, brother, I appreciate you. And um, we'll be talking real soon. The Taking Off the Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie and graphics by Kelly Wong. Guests are managed by Dan Paloma and the podcast is edited by Samuel Matingo. We'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast. And for every guest that's been a part of the show, you are now a part of the Taking Off the Mask family. The Taking Off the Mask podcast is brought to you by the Ever Forward Club. And if you like what you've heard today, please subscribe, write a five-star review and share this with someone. We look forward to having more conversations that matter. And please remember, there is more to you than anybody can see by just looking at you.